The Bible reading that we'll be uh, focusing on today is from the book of Joshua, from chapter 4. This is verses 1 through 11. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you are staying tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, and as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. As we enter into the month of November, we also enter into a new sermon series, Grateful. It seems like our culture these days wants to rush straight from Halloween to Christmas. Christmas will come soon enough, and I know there are some things that we need to begin preparing for now, but I like to give the month of November over to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has always been one of my favorite holidays, not least of which because of the food, which, by the way, you all did a bang-up job last week with the potluck. Yeah, that was amazing. That was something to truly be grateful for. So we're spending this month talking about gratitude. And as this first Sunday of November is often recognized as All Saints Sunday, the theme for today is grateful for the past. The past. A lot of people these days don't have much use for the past. We're told sometimes not to look back, to only look ahead. It is true that we shouldn't get stuck in the past. Nostalgia can be crippling if it keeps us mired in what used to be, longing to return to a day that cannot be recaptured. But memory is a good thing. Remembering where we came from, how we got here, and more than that, remembering God's role in the whole thing, what God has done for us, how God has shaped us in the past. Being grateful for that, that is an important aspect of our faith. Being grateful for the past helps to ground us in who God created us to be. Remembering the past with gratitude gives us a better sense of how God has been working within us and what God expects from us. I'm grateful that there are still members here at Faith Community who have been here since the early days of this church, some even from its founding. They remember how things got started. They remember the incredible growth that God brought through the years. Several times in recent weeks, some of them have made statements to me along the lines of, we've grown this church before, we'll do it again. 
And it wasn't said in a nostalgic, wanting to recapture the past kind of a way. It was said in a faithful, we know that God can do it because we've seen God do it before kind of a way. That's a kind of perspective you don't get from someone who arrived here after the growth had already taken place. Unless, of course, they have imbibed the stories of what God did before they arrived. I love hearing the stories of folks worshiping in the Hopewell School Building before there was any church building here. They were driven by their vision of a large community church that that would one day stand in this spot. We need to hear those stories, not because we want to go backwards in time, but because it reminds us that God planted this church here for a reason, and that God still has a plan for us in this place, and that he is the one who will see it to fruition. He has done it before, and he is doing it again. Not everything in the past was wonderful. There are some things in the past that we definitely want to leave in the past. But even even with the bad stuff, when we remember how God was there to help us overcome it, that too can lead to a sense of gratitude and increase our faith. The Bible story that I read from The Old Testament book of Joshua takes place just as the Hebrew people are entering into the promised land. They're entering into a whole new world for them. A new day has arisen. It's time to embrace the new future into which God is leading them. And just as they are crossing over into that future, right as they set foot into the promised land, God tells them, don't forget to look back and remember where you came from. Remember how you got here. Remember who it was that brought you to this place. Here's where we are in the Bible story. The Hebrew people have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Prior to that, they had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. After 400 years of slavery and servitude to the Egyptians, God sent Moses to free his people. Moses led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, where God parted the waters so that they could cross on dry ground. Then God brought the waters back together, crashing down upon the Egyptians who were in hot pursuit, drowning them and setting God's people free, something for which they should have been immediately grateful. But no sooner had the Israelites been delivered from danger than they began to complain. They complained because... Well, that's what people do when everything around them is changing and they don't know what's going on or where they're headed. They they started saying they wanted to go back to Egypt. At least there in Egypt, they knew they had food every day and a bed to sleep in. That's the danger of nostalgia. It only remembers the good stuff, blocks out all the bad. The Israelites were stuck in the past. 
And God and Moses chastised them for it. But that doesn't mean that God didn't want them to look back. It's just that he wanted them to look back at reality. At the fact that they had been slaves. At the fact that they had been oppressed. At the fact that their lives had not been their own. And he wanted them to remember how he had responded to their cries. That's what the Passover meal was about. To remind them and all future generations of how God had responded to their plight and set them free in a miraculous way. During the Passover meal, a child asks, why is this night different from all others? And then one of the elders tells the story of how they were slaves in Egypt and the miraculous things God did to free them. God wanted them to remember their past and be grateful. But it took the Israelites 40 years to learn that. They could have moved into the promised land right away if they had trusted God. But instead, they were fearful of the future and they longed for the past, and they were resentful of their present situation. So God made them stew in it for 40 years. As we come to the book of Joshua, that 40 years is over. All the people who had refused to press on in faith have now passed on in death, the new generation is finally moving into the promised land. Time to be done with the past for good, right? But no. The first thing that they do upon entering their future is a throwback to the past. Just as God had parted the waters of the Red Sea so that they could depart Egypt and enter the wilderness on dry ground, so too now God parts the waters of the Jordan River so that they can depart the wilderness and enter the promised land on dry ground. This was God's way of saying, remember, I did this for you before. I'm doing it again. And then as soon as they crossed into the promised land, God tells them to set up a memorial there a memorial for future generations. While the waters of the river are still parted, God commands one member of each of the 12 tribes to take a large stone from the middle of the dried up riverbed, right where the priests were standing with the Ark of the Covenant, and to set those 12 stones up next to the river as a monument of what occurred there that day. In the future, he says, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see, God wanted them. He wanted them to be able to look back to their past, to remember what he had done for them, to be grateful for it. He wanted their future to be shaped by their remembrance of his faithfulness to them in the past. This is an important aspect of our faith, remembering the past with gratitude. 
Not because it was perfect, and not because we're trying to go back there, but because that is where we met God. To be grateful for those moments when God revealed himself in mighty ways to our ancestors, inspiring them to pass the faith on to us. To be grateful for those times when God has acted previously in powerful and life-changing ways and to realize that he will do it again. We need to remember those big moments of God from our past because that tells us something about who we are today and where God is leading us into the future. As I mentioned earlier, today is All Saints Sunday. The church has long recognized November 1st as All Hallows Day. Hallow being a Middle English word for holy or sanctified or saint. November 1st is All Hallows Day, and that makes the night before All Hallows Eve or Halloween. For the church, though, it's always been about the saints of our past. The beginning of November is set aside as a time to remember with gratitude all of the faithful souls that have gone before us. We thank God for the lessons they taught us, for the love they shared with us, for the faith they demonstrated to us. And we seek to honor their witness as we continue along God's path. Around All Saints Day, I always think of my grandfather, He was something of a saint to me even while he was still living. I always wanted to grow up to be like him. I remember a Sunday school class when I was a child where we were discussing what we might want to be when we grow up. By the way, I've heard it said that the reason adults ask children what they want to be when they grow up is they're looking for good ideas. (laughs) I remember thinking for a moment as a child that I might want to be a minister. I didn't say that out loud. I didn't think that it was possible. I don't know if it occurred to me at that moment or later in my life that I didn't even know that much about what a minister did. All I really wanted was to be like my granddaddy. His name was John Wesley C. His younger brother was named Paul. Their father was also named Paul. When my grandfather and his younger brother were still children, someone made a comment about how it's usually the firstborn that is named after the father, not the secondborn, to which my grandfather responded, well, I'm named after someone important too. For those of you who might not know, John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement, and it was for him that my grandfather was named. Apparently, my great-grandparents considered John Wesley to be someone worth remembering even commemorating even more so than themselves. And my grandfather certainly grew into his moniker. I'm sure that the name helped set him on his life path. You see, what we remember, what we memorialize, that influences who we become. I said I always wanted to be like my granddaddy. I don't think it's a coincidence that I'm named after him, not Andy or Andrew, but my middle name is John. My parents 
wanted me to be named after him. They, they considered the name John Andrew, but, and the only reason they didn't name me that is that my mom has a thing against initials that spell out a word, and they don't want John Andrew Wagner to be jaw. So, so they named me Andrew John instead. But I always knew that the John in my name was for my granddaddy. One of my favorite stories about him took place a couple decades before I was even born. It was in the early 1950s. He was pastoring a church in a neighborhood that's now fairly urban, but at the time was still quite suburban. There was an African-American church down the street from the church where my grandfather served, and news had come out that the black church was preparing to close. The administrative board of my grandfather's church called a special meeting, and as the meeting began, he found out that the topic of the meeting was, how are we going to keep those people from coming to our church? Remember, this was the early 50s. People didn't think twice about voicing those kinds of concerns. But the Reverend John Wesley C. told that administrative board, as long as I'm pastor here, you will not stop anybody from coming to this church. Now that doesn't sound like a very controversial thing to say nowadays, but 70 years ago, that took some guts or some faith. I'm sure that he had been shaped by the stories of his namesake, John Wesley, who began the Methodist movement by preaching in the fields and welcoming into class meetings the lower ranks of society who were not welcomed in the Anglican churches of the day. And I believe that, that when I remember those stories of my grandfather, like that one, that that shapes who I am today. What are the stories that have shaped you? Who are the people that you remember? The events that you memorialize? Who are the saints that you're lifting up today? Remember these. Celebrate these. Be grateful for these. Because that reminds us of who we are in Christ. Who God is calling us to be. What God will yet do through us. He's done it before. He is doing it again. Take a moment to remember and be grateful. Our New Testament passage also invites us to be grateful for the past, a past which influences our present and leads us into the future. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Holy Communion is, among other things, a memorial meal, a remembrance 
Whenever you eat this, this bread, remember me. Whenever you take the cup, remember me. Just like the, the stones next to the Jordan River, that when the children ask, what do these stones mean? They hear the story of God parting the waters so his people could enter the promised land. Just like the Passover meal, that when a child asks, why is this night different from all other nights? They hear the story of God delivering them from Egypt so they could live freely as his people. So too, we have this sacrament that, that when a child asks, what's so special about this bread? Why do we drink this juice? They hear, once again, the story of God's redemption through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. In Catholic and Orthodox churches, it's called the Eucharist. Eucharist is the Greek word for thanksgiving. It's a time for us to remember and be grateful to give thanks to God for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. But the Eucharist is more than just a remembrance of the past, because in that remembrance, we receive God's grace for us anew. Remembering what Christ has done in the past changes who we are now. What we remember, what we memorialize, that influences who we are. As we receive the bread, in gratitude for Christ giving his body for us, we become part of his body. As we receive the cup, in gratitude for Christ pouring his blood out for us on the cross, his redemption washes over us, cleansing our souls, making us holy. The Eucharist hallows our very being. It changes who we are into who God wants us to be.